Hello and welcome to episode 14 of A Pushing History. I'm your host, Alex Schumann, and today we are going to talk about westward expansion and more specifically, Mormons. Mormonism, or the Church of the Latter-day Saints, was founded in late 1830 in Manchester, New York, by Joseph Smith. Smith published the Book of Mormon, a sacred text which is a huge, unique part of the Mormon faith. Smith's new religion was very controversial in every place they settled because Smith claimed to be a modern-day prophet, and the typical Protestant American refuted his claims. Mormons considered themselves Christians, but many Christians don't recognize the Church of the Latter-day Saints as an official denomination because of some of their unorthodox practices. The most radical and most heavily scrutinized belief and practice of Mormons was polygamy, or being married to more than one person. In the 19th century, the belief of the cult of domesticity overwhelmed the image of the average woman in America, but the Mormon culture of having many, many wives was seen as barbaric, wasteful, and, according to Republicans, just like slavery. 19th century women stayed in the house and completed unpaid domestic labor. They served the families and cared for the house and children. But in Mormon society, women were handpicked by wealthy polygamous men to be one of many wives. Mormons were very unlike the properly mannered Victorian Americans who preached sexual purity and strong Protestant teachings. The Mormons went against everything the Victorian age worked for. They were seen as sexually impure due to their plural relationships, they were mocked for their non-Protestant beliefs, and their polygamous Utah society was seen as dirty and unholy. Many Mormon women were treated poorly, forced into plural marriages, subjugated under their husbands, and seen as ignorant and dull. Mormon mistreatment and lack of respect for women caused them to make many enemies throughout America because women were valued as hard workers in the household. Instead of being the linchpin of the home, Mormon women were supposedly dainty pushovers who were only used as trophies or for sex. Interestingly enough, Smith himself had up to 40 wives in his lifetime, some of which were only around 14 years old at the time of marriage. Smith's radical system of beliefs caused him to be ostracized from life in New York, so he decided to move his church members to Kirtland, Ohio, where he built his first temple. Shortly after the completion of the Kirtland Temple, Smith started a bank called the Kirtland Safety Society, which was quickly overrun by theft and corruption. Smith's integrity was crumbling in Kirtland, and his opposition, or dissenters, decided to terrorize Kirtland, take the land for themselves, and expel Smith and his followers from Ohio. Smith and his followers traveled to far west Missouri, but tensions escalated with the old Missouri settlers, which led to what has become known as the Missouri-Mormon War. Violence broke out again at an election riot in Gallatin on August 6, 1838, when the Mormons attacked an authorized militia group under the belief it was an anti-Mormon mob, Missouri's governor, Lilburn Boggs, ordered them expelled from the state or exterminated if necessary. This is a common pattern in the history of Mormons, who are constantly persecuted by society for their, quote, sickening and wasteful practice of polygamy. Between August and November 1838, more than 20 Mormons were killed and 10,000 were forced to leave the state. Smith's followers fled Missouri and settled in Novu, Illinois, where they lived relatively peacefully until 1844. In 1844, Smith ran for president of the United States, but by this time, there were several church members that had begun to question him. Smith was then arrested and jailed in Carthage, Iowa, on charges of treason. In June of 1844, 
angry mobs murdered Smith and his brother and began burning homes, burning the Novu Temple to the ground, and threatening members of the group. Brigham Young took over as leader of the Mormons, and after two years of oppression, Young decided to move the group of 3,000 families west to escape oppression and mistreatment. The first wave of about 3,000 people began to leave Novu in early February, and their suffering was intense. At one point of the journey, 1,600 Mormons crossed the frozen over Mississippi River. Wagons collapsed, people died from exposure, and it took 131 days for the Mormon convoy to travel many miles to safety near what is now Omaha, Nebraska. When winter came, the Mormons' will to become an independent society was tested with harsh weather and ravaging disease. On July 24, 1857, after 111 days of travel, 1,600 Mormons arrived in the Great Salt Lake Valley and started building a civilization called Bountiful with plural marriage. Utah was owned by Mexico at the time when Mormons first settled there, but Salt Lake, Utah became a U.S. territory for the Mormons after the Mexican War victory in late 1848. In 1850, President Millard Fillmore named Brigham Young the first governor of the U.S. territory of Utah, and the territory enjoyed relative autonomy for several years. Fillmore unknowingly let the polygamous society have control of the territory for years to come. In 1852, Mormons publicly announced that they were practicing polygamy. This report from Utah ripped through the country, shocking Americans everywhere. When the reports reached Washington that Mormon leaders were disregarding federal constitutes and had publicly sanctioned the practice of polygamy, tensions between the capital and Mormon territory rose greatly. In 1856, Utah drafted a constitution to apply for statehood, but the radical Republicans who controlled Congress called polygamy evil and a twin of slavery. So they decided not to apply for statehood until relationships with the rest of the country were on better terms. Due to their inability to adhere to the laws against plural marriage, President James Buchanan declared the Utah Territory to be in rebellion, and he tried to force Governor Young, who had 20 wives, to step down in favor of a non-Mormon governor, Alfred Cumming. In May of 1857, President James Buchanan sent U.S. Army troops to Utah to establish federal authority starting the Utah War. Under the command of General William S. Harney, 2,500 troops marched from Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, on July 18, 1857, hoping to occupy Utah by fall. Viewing the Army as a hostile invasion force, Brigham Young mobilized the Utah militia and began preparations for a guerrilla war. U.S. troops were forced to stay in a winter encampment near Fort Bridger, Wyoming. However, it was at the height of the conflict that the members of the Fancher-Baker wagon train were slaughtered on September 11, 1857, in what became known as the Mountain Meadows Massacre. A Mormon militia seized a wagon car full of emigrants coming west and brutally murdered 120 people. This display of violence from the Mormons simply added to the disgust that the rest of the country had for the polygamous society. After the events of the massacre, Mormon officials destroyed evidence and records of the massacre while trying to save face, but their collision only made their problems worse. After the massacre was discovered by Buchanan's troops, they put serious pressure on Young and the city of Salt Lake. Unwilling to give up the territory, Young made plans to burn Salt Lake City and move his followers to Mexico, but at the last minute he relented 
and agreed to step down as governor on April 12, 1858. Young and his followers were pardoned for acts of rebellion, and U.S. forces established Camp Floyd 40 miles southwest of Salt Lake City. The Utah War ended in July 1858, which caused a slow decline for Mormon isolation and power in Utah. Although Brigham Young eventually agreed to be replaced as territorial governor, complete federal dominance was slow in coming. Young maintained a shadow government for years, and conflict between the Mormons and the federal government, particularly over the issue of polygamy, would delay Utah statehood for nearly four more decades. Mormons in Salt Lake soon lost control of the executive branch and the federal district courts in Utah, but maintained political authority in the territorial legislature. Congress began passing laws trying to get rid of polygamy in the early 1860s. In 1862, Utah applied for statehood as the Mormon state, Deseret, but Congress rejected the application and then doubled down, passing the Anti-Bigamy Moral Act, which outlawed marrying more than one person. In January of 1867, Mormon Congress asked Washington to repeal the Moral Act and to allow Utah as a state yet again, but once again, they were strongly denied anything. As the population boomed in America, and many people sought to pave their own paths and become self-reliant, they traveled west in large numbers to have more opportunity. This was made easier when the Transcontinental Railroad was built, starting in Council Bluffs, Iowa, in the east and San Francisco in the west. The railroad was built on both sides, aiming to meet construction in the middle. In 1869, the Transcontinental Railroad was completed, joining the two railroads into one in Utah. Many people traveled west from Iowa or east from San Francisco, and many settled at the meeting place in Utah. When the Transcontinental Railroad was completed, it ended Mormon Utah's isolation, and soon, large numbers of Gentiles arrived in Utah to stay. The railroad made way for new immigrants to the territory of Utah, causing conflict between Mormons who controlled Congress and non-Mormons. In the year following the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad, the Liberal Political Party in Utah was formed to oppose the Mormon control and territorial government. Utah Congress formed another plea for statehood in 1872, but to their dismay, Washington continued to oppose the Mormon territory for their continual disregard of the Moral Act. Congress took another step to punish plural marriage in 1874 when they passed the Poland Act, which allowed authorities to successfully prosecute any member of society who broke the strict anti-bigamy acts. Although this act was passed federally, it was really targeted at Mormon Salt Lake and those who illegally practiced polygamy. Young died in Salt Lake City in 1877 and was succeeded by John Taylor as president of the church. In 1878, the Supreme Court case of Reynolds v. United States ruled over whether an anti-bigamy law was constitutional. The court unanimously ruled that religious duties and beliefs are no excuse to break federal constitutes and that polygamy was in no way protected by the government because it was federally illegal. The Morrill Act and the Poland Act were seen as constitutional and therefore, the Mormons were still breaking national laws and were to be prosecuted. The Republicans, who controlled Washington at the time, could not back a society who went against the statutes they had so brutally enforced before the Civil War. To remain consistent, they continued to refute statehood application and chose not to repeal any anti-bigamy laws. Mormons objected to the ruling, but they had no pool in Washington due to Utah's failure to become a state. You would think the Mormons would give in and relinquish their illegal practices, 
but they did not back down from the federal government quite yet. Congress was starting to get quite angry over the continual resistance of the members of Mormon Utah, so they passed the Edmonds Act in 1882, which outlawed unlawful cohabitation. This effectively removed most citizen-based rights of those who practiced polygamy. Utahns in Salt Lake who practiced bigamy could not vote, they could not hold office, and they could not serve on a jury. How did the Mormon Salt Lake respond to the Edmonds Bill, you might ask? They responded by drafting another constitution and applying for statehood for a fourth time as the polygamous state Deseret. Mormon Utahns could not take a hint, and Washington quickly denied their statehood yet again. After the Moral and Poland Acts against polygamy began taking effect in the 1880s and early 1890s, more than 1,000 Mormon men would be convicted of charges relating to plural marriage. Additionally, in 1887, the Edmonds-Tucker Act took square aim at the Mormon Church itself, causing a disincorporation of the church and authorizing the federal government to seize much of its property. The Edmonds-Tucker Bill also removed the right of Utah women to vote. The new bill caused Mormon legislature to draft another constitution which made polygamy a misdemeanor, but they were not serious about removing plural marriage from their society, so Congress denied their statehood bid a fifth time. The Mormons brought another federal constitute to court, but in 1890, the Supreme Court ruled the Edmonds-Tucker Act constitutional. In 1890, church leader and prophet Wilford Woodruff announced that he had received a revelation which officially discontinued the practice of plural marriage and the practice of subjugating non-Mormons in Utah. Professor Matthew Bowman of Henderson State University explains, When that happens, the president of the church, Wilford Woodruff, issues what Mormons call the Manifesto. It's a proclamation saying that for the good of the church, for the survival of the church, we have to abandon plural marriage. Bowman argues that Mormons only ended the practice of polygamy to save their land and their society. The wavering circumstances of Woodruff's manifesto caused the U.S. government to be understandably uneasy about statehood for Utah. In 1894, Grover Cleveland passed the Enabling Act, which allowed Utah to adopt a constitution which needed to ban polygamy in order to join the Union on equal footing with other states. The Enabling Act came four years after Mormons removed practicing polygamy from their religious belief system altogether. Utah delegates, both Mormon and non-Mormon, came together and drafted their state constitution on March 4, 1895. The U.S. government felt betrayed by the polygamous ways of Brigham Young and the other Mormons and could not come to the conclusion that Utah was over the societies of plural marriage. However, the United States sought to expand, so they allowed Utah's state constitution one year later. Six years after the radical change of Mormon control and the ban of polygamy in Salt Lake, Utah was finally made a state in 1896, becoming America's 45th official state. The U.S. government finally allowed Utah to become a state after decades of conflict over the practice of polygamy. Utah was tentatively seen as a state in the years following its acceptance, but eventually, Mormons were able to assimilate their non-polygamous societies into natural American societies. In November 1978, Congress established the Mormon Pioneer National Historic Trail as part of the National Trail System, which commemorates the 1846-47 journey of the Mormon people from Novu, Illinois, to the Valley of the Great Salt Lake. 
So that is the story of Mormonism, their travel westward, and the conflicts that they brought with them. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of A Pushing History. The producer and narrator was myself, Alex Schumann. The researcher was Chris Connor, and the writer was Tony Liberatore. See you all next time.